Wow, it's been a long time. We've been going a whole week. Well, three minutes. <laughs> you need to reset the timer. Oh, I'll do that. Reset the timer. We'll start there. All right, welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm your hostess, Darcy Chambers. And I'm still Kyle. And we are continuing the episode from last week. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. <laughs> it makes us giggle because we just stopped and restarted yes. all our recording <laughs> devices. Um, but we were talking about the Mayo Clinic, mm -hmm. how impressed we are with them considering everything. They've realized that a combination of different theories yep. are what's going to work for them. They've realized that this is the strategic transformation yeah. is really going to affect everybody well, across the board. Here's, let's talk about strategic. Like that's one of those buzzwords people throw. This is a strategic mission. What the hell does that mean? But here's what it means is they strategic comes from strategy. They mm -hmm. had a strategy, a planned strategy. And so how many departments are they d talking about involving in this? They said customers, workforce, operations, and information and knowledge management. Right. So you're talking about, you know, five. Top across 50 locations. Yes. Five top level concerns across 50 locations. Just a hunch. There's a bunch of chart paper on the wall trying to figure this <laughs> stuff out. Just well, and then, you know, the author of this case study, which I've lost my first page, um, <laughs> but, you know, he breaks it down into all these sections that we're going to talk about because, again, yep. I highlighted everything. So first under leadership and strategic planning. Yes. Um, Not a buzzword. Real word. <laughs> they talked about that patient care is a win <clears throat> for their financial outcomes. Yes. So if you do your yes. job taking care of your patients and quality is not just about continuous improvement, mm -hmm. it's really the value in their mission for yes. their organization. Those two things are so incredibly crucial to this stuff because as soon as an organization realizes that the better control they have on their quality system, the lower their costs are going to be, the more customers they can reach. It means more profitability when you can get tight control of those quality systems. Now, it's not an overnight realization sometimes, but it's there. Well, and I they, would think in this case, like, you know, you treat the patient well, you do a good job, you heal their ailments. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to pay you when they start getting those, <laughs> you know, true. those high bills. That's true. But and, it's not and, like it's an overnight turnaround, though. Right. You don't see the results the next well, day. Well, and then you get a really great reputation, mm -hmm. and people are going to say, well, maybe it is worth traveling mm -hmm. here. And that's another thing. But it's I don't. It's more of a long term thought process, though. Yeah. I say that because I see so often people ask, they want to get certified. They're like, man, I need to get this done next three months. Like, uh, yeah, it's well, I guess that's happen. the difference. Getting it done to have the certification hanging on the wall versus they wanted to be better. Yeah. And I mean, I think that just comes with being a good organization. I agree. It was a good organization that wanted to be better. So they're taking their time to do this. Um, and it says to Mayo quality provides hope for the patient and helps staff provide excellence in all they do. Okay. I like it. 
Um, and they recognize, I started to say this a second ago, that people are traveling mm-hmm. from far away. I mean, their, their clinics are, where did I say, Florida, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah. It's not like it's around the corner. It, it's not every state. And yeah. if you're going there, they realize that their patients have traveled. They've had to pay for travel. They're having yep. to pay for lodging while they're there. So not only do they have to provide good care, they have to provide good care quickly to get their patients in and out. Yep. So, again, under leadership and strategic planning, the next challenge was to make a truly great organization better. Mm-hmm. Um, so the leadership asked departments and units to display their performance data. They wanted it public. Um, it says, although most of those events had no patient impact, there was still significant room for improvement. Mm-hmm. So the challenge became, are we as good as we can be? I like it. Okay. I like it. So the next... Um, We're good enough. Our customers are happy. You know, this is working for us. That's not the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the next section is customers. They wanted to develop best practices for all the stakeholders and society. Okay. So they started asking... Fundament- this led to fundamental questions. So again, still creating a goal. Mm-hmm. Yep. How should Mayo obtain information from stakeholders? Okay. How does Mayo keep the stakeholders engaged? And how does Mayo determine its healthcare offerings to support stakeholder needs? Okay. So, so let's put that in a little bit more common language. So okay. stakeholders, you know, the new term today is interested parties, but it's the <laughs> same idea. Is it someone that maybe isn't, can be, but maybe isn't directly a customer, maybe isn't directly a supplier, but there's someone else that, that you have an impact on? So, for instance, perhaps the families of mm-hmm. the patients, mm-hmm. okay. um, where your clinics are located, yep. that community. Folks that use your research. Folks that use the research. Other organizations that are looking at what yep. Mayo is doing. Yep. Um, and it says specifically the individual immediate patient was their primary customer, but they mm-hmm. need to develop best practices for their own. So yep. they're, that's definitely recognizing it's not just the patient. We've got to take yeah. care of everybody that we affect. Yep. So again, like, you know, and this is something that people have such a hard time. Probably with. investors. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can really start to expand this idea of interested parties, um, outward legal risk. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, they're talking about the risk of staph infection, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, at this point in time, everyone said, eh, it's just a risk. It, it could happen. But they're, you know, questioning, well, is it really an inherent risk? Does it have to be? Does, yeah, does it have to be? Mm-hmm. That's a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so their next section in their planning is workforce. They already knew that their physicians were some of the best in the world. Um, but they realized the entire workforce has to be engaged. Like we know we have great (laughs) physicians, but guess what? Yeah. We have nurses, Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. have nurse assistants, we have janitors that clean the rooms. Again, going back to that staff infection. The cafeteria workers, you have everything. So it's not just your welders and your engineers that are important. It, it, it's down to, to the helpers, it's the guys unloading the truck, it's the guys boxing the materials, it's everyone has a part to play. And it's something that's a fun exercise to do with folks sometimes is you go through all of these different positions that are you know in this process chain, right? And all the way from when we receive the material to when we ship it out the door, whose hands touch it? 
Mm-hmm. And then just ask yourself, what's the dumbest thing he could do? What's the dumbest thing he could do? What's the dumbest thing he could do? <laughs> and you just start looking at all these little dumb things that someone mm-hmm. could do. Um, again, I'm not one for trying to use all the fancy language. It's just real, real world mm-hmm. things, right? You know, what are the greatest significant impacts? What's the dumbest thing he could do? <laughs> of course, when he writes the report, he uses yes, the I, I, I use proper language there. But in day-to-day use, I just, you know, hate doing that. But you go through it. And what are all these things? And then you start to realize... Wow, that guy that we're paying, you know, nine, ten bucks an hour, because it's not that technical of a job, he's still actually critical to our organization. Mm-hmm. He needs to know what to do and what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Everyone truly has a critical point. You talk about janitors, probably least respected in the whole building. Mm-hmm. But my gosh, if they don't do their job properly, you're going to be real upset that you got surgery that day when you wind up with that staff mm-hmm. infection. Absolutely. <laughs> so, to that end, they developed cross-functional teams, which I assume means we're including people from different departments uh-huh. on one team yep. um, to get contributions from all employees. You have to because uh, you get so tied up in the world that you're living. I think you were talking about this from a book you read recently, but a neurosurgeon, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he gets so caught up in what he's doing, this little teeny tiny, you know, literally teeny tiny part of the brain that he's they working on. They were talking on. about millimeters. Yeah, and he has no concept of what else is going on outside there. And so he sees a little bit of blood there, but he didn't realize that the guy's brain, whole freaking brain was hemorrhaging because he's looking this at the little This was a true story spot. from a book yeah. that I read. It's called I've Seen the End of You. <laughs> so, But it's, it's true. We do this in our workplace all the time. We're so aware of what we're doing, but we're not aware of how the inputs to our process, if they change how that affect us, and we're not aware how the outputs to our process could affect someone else down the road. Yeah, I think, well, I don't know. I'll start to say I think we've created a very selfish world. And I think people by nature are just kind of selfish. Yeah. We don't really think about what actions are, how our actions Speak will for affect. Yourself. Okay, so moving along. <laughs> Operations is the next section. Um, so certain units had developed excellent work systems but they were difficult to adopt nationwide mm-hmm. so they've created a they created a system to identify which processes to improve tools and ne- methods needed to make improvement and how to sustain the change in a cost-effective manner so it sounds like they're examining their own organization and say okay this clinic has a really good system. This mm-hmm. one has a good system. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could take that one and make it better. Right. You know, um, and then here came, here comes information and knowledge management. <laughs> Get the geeks involved now. They wanted to capture valid and reliable data, codify and share those data across the organization mm-hmm. and roll <clears throat> it from an operational level up to the executive level so that thinking and doing were connected in shorter learning cycles in real time. Oh, you can whip that out in you know, a month, right? Yeah. No, but this really is, this is incredibly difficult stuff because not only is it that you're trying to share the information, but you, if you don't collect the right information up front, you've got all sorts of problems. Here's one of the simplest examples is, so you're collecting someone's address information. Couldn't I just write all that information on a single line? Why is it that every time you you uh, have to type your address information on a on a web page that they ask you to type the city 
select the state, type the zip, type the first line of the address, the second line of the address. So each one of these lines is coded in the computer differently, and then they can sort and filter off each one of those bits of information. So yes, maybe they want your address to ship to, but maybe they also want to know how frequently do people in this zip code purchase. And not only that, but then like how frequently do people in this zip code in this city purchase? Because sometimes those don't line up. And so you can get all these little different filters, and we're talking about a lot of complexity here, and it's just your stinking address. Mm -hmm. And you gotta put thought into it. Yeah. Imagine these more complex ideas. Like you really well, have to yeah. think out. Yeah. And they're wanting to do it to start measuring patient outcomes. Yeah. Okay. So here's part two of the ASQ case study <laughs> um, is the quality deployment. So we've basically done an episode and a half talking about. Just getting ready. Getting ready for it. <laughs> um, so. Don't lose sight of that though. Taking, take your time to get ready. Cause if you don't deploy the sucker properly, you're going to drive your people bonkers. Right. Don't wait until you have to have it. No. Do it before that. And don't rush it. My gosh, don't rush it. Well, I, I think that our, um, episode on Mayo Clinic is about to turn into three parts. It might. Okay. So obviously change is daunting mm -hmm. and considering what Mayo Clinic is, yes. um, it's a huge thing. So they talked about having to consider cultural sensitivities. Yes. Um, technological upgrades. Yes. And shifting to new thinking. Yes. Um, so they conducted a self-examination that brought everybody on board. We already talked about that. Leaders asked questions, identified what caused barriers between their desired outcomes and what actually happened on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. So the leaders are getting in to figure it out. Again, this whole idea of inputs versus outputs. And I always talk about the same thing here. Um, this is, again, something that I really appreciate. Uh, is, I'm just going to read the paragraph. What distinguished, <laughs> I was trying to put it into my own words, but I can't. What distinguished this effort was a bottom up approach. The idea that real quality care must characterize the frontline relationship between provider and patient. Only then could Mayo understand what it would take to achieve consistent stellar results. I agree. So it just means a lot to me that they've already got physicians in a leadership role. Right. And to help physicians understand quality, they've partnered them with engineers. Mm -hmm. And then they've developed these cross-functional mm -hmm. teams to include mm -hmm. everybody. But now they're saying, look, yes, I'm a physician and I'm a leader, but you're the one doing it every day. Right. So come tell me what you need. Yep. Like, here's my desired outcome. What's keeping you from doing that? Mm -hmm. I think a hindrance to this in a lot of organizations might not be so obvious here, but is it takes a lot of pride swallowing. My gosh, it takes a lot of pride swallowing, especially if you're someone that's, you know, you have your degree, you've got 20, 30 years in the field, and now you're asking someone that's been working there for two years, that's getting paid, you know, 10, 15 bucks an hour, if that, to tell you how to do your job better. Mm-hmm. That takes some pride swallowing. But I think that the way Mayo was set up based on this case study and the information provided. Made it a provided, little easier for them. It's just kind of who they are. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, wanna... most organizations yeah. aren't like that. Yeah. It's um, tough. 
So the leaders believed that the value of healthcare was a function of three elements. Design, which is the right treatment for the right patient at the right time. Execution, reliably doing things right every time to achieve the best outcomes. And the cost over time. Amen. Okay. (laughs) So they developed a quality construct, um, which is included in this article. I'm sure you provided. Yeah. Yeah. But so they're trying to illustrate the three components: culture, engineering, and execution. And they note that culture predominates the construct. Yes. So yes, I I think we've talked about that so many times on here. It matters. That you've got to have everybody's buy-in. You do. And it can't just be like, hey, guys, we really need this. Yeah. we got to get you to on board. <laughs> and then, oh, we got the certification. Okay, everybody goes back to what they like. Uh-huh. It really has to be a paradigm uh-huh. shift yep. and a change. Everybody has to believe in what you're doing. Um, so they went on to establish a one of their, well, one of their first projects was to establish a fair and just culture, which I was smiling when you were talking about, you know, somebody with a degree for 20, oh, okay, 30 years, because okay, okay. I knew this was coming. I, it, I was like, what am I saying wrong? Yes. Am I saying something dumb? Um, <laughs> so every member of the medical team was encouraged to report anything that does not seem quite right without fear or reprisal. Oh, I love it. And they go on to talk about how especially in the medical community, you don't question a surgeon in the OR. It doesn't happen. Before you jump ahead right there, because I know you're going, but I want to make a point here, is it is hard to over-report problems in your system. Now, we talk about the data collection stuff, right? So if you're, every time you report a problem, you have to fill out three or four pages of paperwork, and you know, it takes hours to process a sucker, you're going to have problems. You got to be able to streamline that reporting process. But you never know when those little teeny tiny problems can become something big. And so I'm not saying that each one of those needs to be researched, but my gosh, you can find trends over time, mm-hmm. right? So you can find those trends, you can do those analysis. Now, it means that you may have to you know, have a lot of charts and pivot tables and do a lot of digging on it. But if you're getting four, just from a standard manufacturing or repair facility, if you're getting four or 500 data points a month on problems that occurred, even if so you had 500 uh, non-conformities reported, and on 450 of those, you decide we're just going to leave it alone. We're going to leave it as is. We're going to let it be. Fine. You've got some data to find some patterns. Yeah, and I, that may be what they were doing. I considered it just like you know these nurses are in the ORs with different doctors doing the same procedures yeah. all the time. Oh, they get a good management. And so. They pretty much know the procedures. I mean, yeah. the nurses are who takes care of you in the hospital. They're there with the doctors right. while they're doing the procedures. So they learn the procedures over time. And I feel like anything that's routine mm-hmm. is easy to slip up on. It is. And so even though it may be a simple routine operation, if your mind starts to wander and you're thinking about what you have to do later, you could miss something. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm considering is a nurse doesn't ever question a surgeon. Right. Like, you know, who are you to question me kind of a thing. But this, so they talk about after they implement, and it doesn't give specifics, but an OR nurse brought a potential problem to the attention of the surgeon, Mm -hmm. um, an experienced and respected surgeon. (laughs) It does note that. Um, And so rather than being irritated, he thanked the nurse. The problem was fixed. Now they appear together in a train, an in-house training uh, video cool. for cool. the. I mean, 
I find it hard to believe that it would be like that across the board at Mayo. I feel like more likely across mm-hmm. the board at Mayo because right. their physicians are open to change and new ideas. Set it as an example. This yeah. is the standard to follow. This is what we need to see. Um, so they talked about their quality con- construct. Another key element was engineering. Um, so they took engineering principles and taught them to the staff to identify process flow, um, eliminate waste, and use duplication and measurement controls. We'll have to talk a little bit more on that next time as we are at our 20-minute mark. I know. Just to note, though, each improvement team (laughs) was assigned an engineer. So we talked about the cross-functional teams. I don't know if the cross-functional teams are the same as an improvement team, but they're bringing an engineer on to teach on these things. I like it. Yeah. All right. We'll continue. Hopefully wrap up the next time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, make sure that if you are watching this on the YouTube right now, that you hit that little subscribe button to keep up to date with all of the content coming out. And we are streaming anywhere that podcasts can be found, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen most and keep up to date with everything. If you need any more info, go to QMCast.com.